Section 13 of The Anatomy of Melancholy, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For further information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Anatomy of Melancholy, Volume 2, by Robert Burton. Section 13. Partition 2, Section 2, Member 4. Part two. The country hath his recreations, the city his several gymnics and exercises, may games, feasts, wakes, and merry meetings, to solace themselves. The very being in the country, that life itself is a sufficient recreation to some men to enjoy such pleasures as those old patriarchs did. Diocletian, the emperor, was so much affected with it that he gave over his sceptre and turned gardener. Constantine wrote twenty books of husbandry. Lysander, when ambassadors came to see him, bragged of nothing more than of his orchard. He sunt ordines mei. What shall I say of Cincinnatus, Cato, Tully, and many such? How have they been pleased with it, to prune, plant, inoculate, and graft, to show so many several kinds of pears, apples, plums, peaches, etc. Nunc captare feras laqueo, nunc fallere visco, aquetiam magnos canibus circundare saltus, insidias avibus moliri in kendere wepres. Sometimes with traps deceive, with line and string, to catch wild birds and beasts, encompassing the grove with dogs, and out of bushes firing, et nidos avium scrutari, etc. Jucundus, in his preface to Cato, Varro, Columella, etc., put out by him, confesseth of himself, that he was mightily delighted with these husbandry studies, and took extraordinary pleasure in them. If the theory or speculation can so much affect, what shall the place and exercise itself, the practical part, do? The same confession I find in Herbastein, Porter, Camerarius, and many others, which have written of that subject. If my testimony were aught worth, I could say as much of myself, I am vere Saturnus, no man ever took more delight in springs, woods, groves, gardens, walks, fish-ponds, rivers, etc. But tantalusa labri sitiens fugientia captat flumina, and so do I, welle licet, potiri non licet. Every palace, every city almost, hath its peculiar walks, cloisters, terraces, groves, theatres, pageants, games, and several recreations. Every country some professed gymnics to exhilarate their minds and exercise their bodies. The Greeks had their Olympian, Pythian, Isthmian, Nemian games, in honour of Neptune, Jupiter, Apollo, Athens hers, some for honour, garlands, crowns, for beauty, dancing, running, leaping, like our silver games. The Romans had their feasts, as the Athenians and Lacedaemonians held their public banquets, in Pritaneo, Panathanaeis, Thesperiis, Fiditiis, plays, Naumachis, places for sea-fights, theatres, 
amphitheatres able to contain seventy thousand men, wherein they had several delightsome shows to exhilarate the people. Gladiators, combats of men with themselves, with wild beasts, and wild beasts one with another, like our bull-baitings or bear-baitings, in which many countrymen and citizens amongst us so much delight and so frequently use. Dancers on ropes, jugglers, wrestlers, comedies, tragedies, publicly exhibited at the emperor's and city's charge, and that with incredible cost and magnificence. In the low countries, as Metaron relates, before these wars, they had many solemn feasts, plays, challenges, artillery gardens, colleges of rhymers, rhetoricians, poets, and to this day such places are curiously maintained in Amsterdam, as appears by that description of Isacus Pontanus. So likewise, not long since at Freiburg in Germany, as is evident by that relation of Neander, they had ludos septenales, solemn plays every seven years, which Bocerus, one of their own poets, hath elegantly described. At nunc magnifico spectacula structa paratu, quid memorem, veteri non concessura quirino, ludorum pompa, etc. In Italy they have solemn declamations of certain select young gentlemen in Florence, like those reciters in old Rome, and public theatres in most of their cities, for stage-players and others, to exercise and recreate themselves. All seasons almost, all places have their several pastimes, some in summer, some in winter, some abroad, some within, some of the body, some of the mind, and diverse men have diverse recreations and exercises. Domitian, the emperor, was much delighted with catching flies, Augustus to play with nuts amongst children. Alexander Severus was often pleased to play with whelps and young pigs. Adrian was so wholly enamoured with dogs and horses that he bestowed monuments and tombs of them, and buried them in graves. In foul weather, or when they can use no other convenient sports, by reason of the time, as we do cock-fighting, to avoid idleness, I think, though some be more seriously taken with it, spend much time, cost, and charges, and are too solicitous about it. Severus used partridges and quails, as many Frenchmen do still, and to keep birds in cages, with which he was much pleased, when at any time he had leisure from public cares and businesses. He had, saith Lampridius, tame pheasants, ducks, partridges, peacocks, and some twenty thousand ring-doves and pigeons. Buspequius, the emperor's orator, when he lay in Constantinople and could not stir much abroad, kept for his recreation, busying himself to see them fed, almost all manner of strange birds and beasts. This was something, though not to exercise his body, yet to refresh his mind. Conradus Gessner, at Zürich, in Switzerland, kept so, likewise for his pleasure, a great company of wild beasts, and, as he saith, took great delight to see them eat their meat. Turkey gentlewomen, that are perpetual prisoners, still mewed up according to the custom of the place, have little else beside their household business, or to play with their children, to drive away time, 
but to dally with their cats, which they have in delitiis, as many of our ladies and gentlewomen use monkeys and little dogs. The ordinary recreations which we have in winter, and in most solitary times busy our minds with, are cards, tables and dice, shovel-board, chess-play, the philosopher's game, small trunks, shuttlecock, billiards, music, masks, singing, dancing, yule-games, frolics, jests, riddles, catches, purposes, questions and commands, merry tales of errant knights, queens, lovers, lords, ladies, giants, dwarfs, thieves, cheaters, witches, fairies, goblins, friars, etc., such as the old woman told Psyche in Apuleius, Bocases novels, and the rest, quarum auditione pueri delectantur, senes narratione, which some delight to hear, some to tell, all are well pleased with. Amaranthus the philosopher met Hermocles, Diophantus, and Philolaus, his companions, one day busily discoursing about Epicurus and Democritus's tenets, very solicitous which was most probable and came nearest to truth, to put them out of that surly controversy and to refresh their spirits, he told them a pleasant tale of Stratocles the physician's wedding, and of all the particulars, the company, the cheer, the music, etc., for he was new come from it, with which relation they were so much delighted that Philolaus wished a blessing to his heart, and many a good wedding, many such merry meetings might he be at, to please himself with the sight, and others with the narration of it. News are generally welcome to all our ears. Avide audimus, aures enim hominum novitate laetantur, as Pliny observes. We long after rumour to hear and listen to it. Densum humeris bibit aure vulgus. We are most part too inquisitive and apt to hearken after news, which Caesar, in his commentaries, observes of the old Gauls. They would be inquiring of every carrier and passenger what they had heard or seen, what news abroad. Quid toto fiat in orbe, quid seres, quid thraces agant, secreta noercae, et pueri, quis amet, etc., as at an ordinary with us, bakehouse or barber's shop, when that great Gonsalva was upon some displeasure confined by King Ferdinand to the city of Loja in Andalusia. The only comfort, saith Jovius, he had to ease his melancholy thoughts, was to hear news, and to listen after those ordinary occurrences which were brought him cum primis, by letters or otherwise, out of the remotest parts of Europe. Some men's whole delight is to take tobacco and drink all day long in a tavern or alehouse, to discourse, sing, jest, roar, talk of a cock and bull over a pot, etc., and when three or four good companions meet, tell old stories by the fireside or in the sun, as old folks usually do quae aprici meminere senes, remembering afresh and with pleasure ancient times, and such like accidents which happened in their younger years. Others' best pastime is to game, nothing to them so pleasant, hic veneri indulget, hunc de coquit alia. Many too nicely take exceptions at cards, tables, and dice, 
and such mixed lusorious lots, whom Gattaca well confutes, which, though they be honest recreations in themselves, yet may justly be otherwise accepted at, as they are often abused, and forbidden as things most pernicious. Insanam rem et damnosam, Lemnius calls it. For most part in these kind of disports, tis not art or skill, but subtlety, cony-catching, knavery, chance and fortune carries all away, tis ambulatoria pecunia, puncto mobilis horae permutat dominus et cedit in altera jura. They labour most part not to pass their time in honest disport, but for filthy lucre and covetousness of money. In foedissimum lucrum et avaritiam hominum convertitur, as Danaeus observes. Fons fraudum et maleficiorum, tis the fountain of cousinage and villainy, a thing so common all over Europe at this day, and so generally abused, that many men are utterly undone by it, their means spent, patrimonies consumed, they and their posterity beggared. Besides, swearing, wrangling, drinking, loss of time, and such inconveniences, which are ordinary concomitants, for when once they have got a haunt of such companies, and a habit of gaming, they can hardly be drawn from it, but as an itch it will tickle them, and as it is with whoremasters, once entered, they cannot easily leave it off. Wexat mentes insania cupido, they are mad upon their sport. And in conclusion, which Charles the Seventh, that good French king, published in an edict against gamesters, unde pii et hilaris vitae, suffugium sibi suisque liberis, totique familiae, etc., that which was once their livelihood, should have maintained wife, children, family, is now spent and gone. Maeror et gestas, etc. Sorrow and beggary succeeds. So good things may be abused, and that which was first invented to refresh men's weary spirits, when they come from other labours and studies, to exhilarate the mind, to entertain time and company, tedious otherwise in those long solitary winter nights, and keep them from worse matters, an honest exercise is contrarily perverted. Chess play is a good and witty exercise of the mind for some kind of men, and fit for such melancholy, Rassis holds, as are idle, and have extravagant impertinent thoughts, or troubled with cares, nothing better to distract their mind and alter their meditations invented some say by the general of an army in a famine to keep soldiers from mutiny but if it proceed from overmuch study in such a case it may do more harm than good it is a game too troublesome for some men's brains too full of anxiety all out as bad as study besides it is a testy choleric game and very offensive to him that loseth the mate. William the Conqueror, in his younger years, playing at chess with the Prince of France, Dauphiné was not annexed to that crown in those days, losing a mate, knocked the chessboard about his pate, which was a cause afterward of much enmity between them. For some such reason it is belike that Patritius forbids his prince to play at chess, 
hawking and hunting, riding, etc., he will allow, and this to other men, but by no means to him. In Muscovy, where they live in stoves and hot-houses all winter long, come seldom or little abroad, it is again very necessary, and therefore in those parts, saith Herbastine, much used. At Fez in Africa, where the like inconvenience of keeping within doors is through heat, it is very laudable, and, as Leo Affair relates, as much frequented. A sport fit for idle gentlewomen, soldiers in garrison, and courtiers that have naught but love matters to busy themselves about, but not altogether so convenient for such as are students. The like I may say of Brooks's philosophy game, Dr. Fulke's Metromachia, and his Oronomachia, with the rest of those intricate astrological and geometrical fictions, for such especially as are mathematically given, and the rest of those curious games. Dancing, singing, masking, mumming, stage plays, howsoever they be heavily censured by some severe Catos, yet if opportunely and soberly used, may justly be approved. Melius est foidere quem saltare, saith Austin, but what is that if they delight in it? Nemo saltat sobrius, but in what kind of dance? I know these sports have many oppuners, whole volumes writ against them, when, as all they say, if duly considered, is but ignoratio elenchi, and some again, because they are now cold and wayward, past themselves, cavil at all such youthful sports in others, as he did in the comedy. They think them illico nasci senes, etc. Some, out of preposterous zeal, object many times trivial arguments, and because of some abuse, will take away the good use, as if they should forbid wine because it makes men drunk. But in my judgment they are too stern. There is a time for all things, a time to mourn, a time to dance, Ecclesiastes 3, 4, a time to embrace, a time not to embrace, verse 5, and nothing better than that a man should rejoice in his own works, verse 22. For my part, I will subscribe to the king's declaration, and was ever of that mind. Those may games, wakes, and wits and ales, etc., if they be not at unseasonable hours, may justly be permitted. Let them freely feast, sing and dance, have their puppet plays, hobby horses, tabors, crowds, bagpipes, etc. Play at ball and barley breaks, and what sports and recreations they like best. In Franconia, a province of Germany, saith Albanus Bohemus, the old folks, after evening prayer, went to the alehouse, the younger sort to dance, and to say truth with Salisburiensis, Satius fuerat sic otiari quam turpius occupari, better to do so than worse, as without question otherwise, such is the corruption of man's nature, many of them will do. For that cause, plays, masks, jesters, gladiators, tumblers, jugglers, etc., and all that crew is admitted and winked at. Tota jocularium sena procedit, et idio spectacula admissa sunt, et infinita tirocinia vanitatum, ut his occupentor qui perniciosius otiari solent. 
that they might be busied about such toys that would otherwise more perniciously be idle. So that, as Tacitus said of the astrologers in Rome, we may say of them, Genus hominum est quod in civitate nostra et vitabitur semper et retinabitur. They are a debauched company most part, still spoken against, as well they deserve some of them, for I so relish and distinguish them as fiddlers and musicians, and yet ever retained. Evil is not to be done, I confess, that good may come of it, but this is evil per accidens, and in a qualified sense, to avoid a greater inconvenience, may justly be tolerated. Sir Thomas More, in his Utopian Commonwealth, as he will have none idle, so will he have no man labour over hard, to be toiled out like a horse. Tis more than slavish infelicity, the life of most of our hired servants and tradesmen elsewhere, excepting his Utopians, but half the day allotted for work, and half for honest recreation, or whatsoever employment they shall think fit for themselves. If one half day in a week were allowed to our household servants for their merry meetings by their hard masters, or in a year some feasts, like those Roman Saturnals, I think they would labour harder all the rest of their time, and both parties be better pleased. But this needs not, you will say, for some of them do naught but loiter all the week long. This which I aim at is for such as are fracti animis, troubled in mind, to ease them, over-toiled on the one part, to refresh, over-idle on the other, to keep themselves busied. And to this purpose, as any labour or employment will serve to the one, any honest recreation will conduce to the other, so that it be moderate and sparing, as the use of meat and drink, not to spend all their life in gaming, playing, and pastimes, as too many gentlemen do, but to revive our bodies and recreate our souls with honest sports, of which, as there be diverse sorts and peculiar to several callings, ages, sexes, conditions, so there be proper for several seasons, and those of distinct natures, to fit that variety of humours which is amongst them, that if one will not, another may, some in summer, some in winter, some gentle, some more violent, some for the mind alone, some for the body and mind. As to some it is both business and a pleasant recreation to oversee workmen of all sorts, husbandry, cattle, horses, etc., to build, plot, project, to make models, cast up accounts, etc., some without, some within doors, new, old, etc., as the season serveth, and as men are inclined. It is reported of Philippus Bonus, that good Duke of Burgundy, by Lodovicus Vives, Epistles, and Hoyter in his history, that the said Duke, at the marriage of Eleonora, sister to the King of Portugal, at Bruges in Flanders, which was solemnised in the deep of winter, when, as by reason of unseasonable weather, he could neither hawk nor hunt, and was now tired with cards, dice, etc., and such other domestic sports, or to see ladies dance with some of his courtiers, he would in the evening walk disguised all about the town. It so fortuned, as he was walking late one night, he found a country fellow dead drunk, snorting on a bulk. 
he caused his followers to bring him to his palace and there stripping him of his old clothes and attiring him after the court fashion when he waked he and they were all ready to attend upon his excellency persuading him he was some great duke the poor fellow admiring how he came there was served in state all the day long after supper he saw them dance heard music and the rest of those court-like pleasures but late at night when he was well tippled and again fast asleep they put on his old robes and so conveyed him to the place where they first found him now the fellow had not made them so good sport the day before as he did when he returned to himself all the jest was to see how he looked upon it in conclusion after some little admiration the poor man told his friends he had seen a vision constantly believed it would not otherwise be persuaded and so the jest ended antiochus epiphanes would often disguise himself steal from his court and go into merchants goldsmiths and other tradesmen's shops sit and talk with them and sometimes ride or walk alone and fall aboard with any tinker clown serving-man carrier or whomsoever he met first sometimes he did ex insperato give a poor fellow money to see how he would look or on set purpose lose his purse as he went to watch who found it and withal how he would be affected and with such objects he was much delighted many such tricks are ordinarily put in practice by great men to exhilarate themselves and others all which are harmless jests and have their good uses End of section 13